Welcome back for another episode of Full Steam Ahead, where we discuss all things STEM, but with a twist of art. Our goal is to encourage the next generation of STEM leaders, bring our experiences to life, and encourage you to reach your full potential. The reason why I wanted to touch on toxic personalities and toxic masculinity is because I feel like it's so prevalent in um, today's society. Actually, it's been prevalent always. And but, you know, with technology, with, you know, the different ways that, you know, you interact with people, um, the way that things develop, things change. And so I I definitely feel like um, in the workplace is one of the most um, prevalent ways that you might see it. no matter you know what industry you're in whether you are a professor whether you work at a fortune 500 company whether you work uh in a lab whether you work at a manufacturing plant it 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 can all still be experienced the same so um i'll share an experience that i had so i so at uh one of my previous employers um i had a not so pleasant experience a couple of times. Um, this is more so on just the, the general toxic personality side. So one time, you know, I was filling out a document. Uh, we have to do, sometimes you have to do what's called an RFI, which is a request for information. You know, you're trying to help your client out. You ask them, hey, I need you to help me. So you have to give them all these different things, you know, where your project is, what the name of it is, um, you know, what you're looking for, um, what you expect to possibly get back. Uh, you, you tell them all this information, you give them a little map, show them all this stuff. So I completed this request, right? And at this time, you know, I wasn't fully up to speed. There were people checking my work and things of that nature. So I gave something to uh, someone to check. They looked at it and they were like, oh, cool. You know, um, everything seems like it's good. And I was like, all right, bet. And they were like, you know, I'm used to most of your stuff being wrong. What? Like, like why would you why are you coming at me like that and then they laughed like so you're gonna that's a that's one backhanded ass comment and um i'm sometimes not always the best at responding at the jump like that because most times when i do respond on the jump i respond and i have negative consequences right that's just you know um that just happens and so i think i think at that moment god was really helping me out he was like bro I'm not gonna let you respond at this moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, you know, let it add up. So that was one, ex- it one, one experience. I was just like, that's, like, why would you say that to somebody? You know, why, why would you say that to somebody that you're working with, that you're on a team with? Um, and then another individual on that same team, just really aggressive with, um, with everything. Just so one time. So around this time, I had gotten into a car accident, you know, car total. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, went to go get checked out, went to the ER. First response was, those ER places are popping up everywhere. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's not my problems. I, I didn't make them. You know, why are you <laughs> upset about this? Well, uh, ever since Obama was in office, they're popping up everywhere. And then his tone changed, so he was like, but now that Trump's in office, his voice got nicer. They're starting to die, they're starting to die down some. And I was just, I was so confused. I was like, okay, so you asked me, I told you I went to the ER and then you got mad because I went to the ER or you got mad because people have the option to go to the ER. 
what like what's what's your problem with that i just feel like he was way too aggressive in that situation like bro calm down take a chill pill like what are you upset about um it just it just didn't make any sense and that from that point on i pretty much knew that this individual was going to be some sort of toxic or i was going to need to keep my eye on him um before we jump into a little bit more i do want to do some i do want to somewhat define what these terms mean um because you know a lot of times you get different terms and people just throw them around they don't know what they mean they're using them improperly um so uh psychotherapist jody gale has said that uh, commenting on someone on a toxic personality uh, psychotherapist jody gale says often the person is deeply wounded and for whatever reason they are not yet able to take responsibility for their wounding their feelings their needs and their subsequent problems in life so that makes sense on the toxic masculinity side of things uh, a study in the journal of school of psychology defines toxic masculinity as the constellation of socially regressive and in brackets masculine traits that serve to foster domination the devaluation of women homophobia and wanton violence in modern society people often use the term toxic masculinity to describe exaggerated masculine traits that many cultures have widely accepted or glorified so with that said um you know that's just a little bit of a definition of where toxic masculinity the term comes from why it may happen i'll let you all you know talk about some maybe uh some bad run-ins you may have had with someone that had a toxic personality or you know maybe too toxic on the masculine side of things or maybe even where you might have been um toxically masculine Uh, or okay a toxic person in general since sabril is not a male <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell a story. Uh, this is one of my uh, a friend of mine who's a, a pharmacist. Um, so, like, just in general, like people that you know, when we work in the hospital, we kind of work like on a like a team. So, like, you the doctors doing things, but you know, you have the nurses at the bedside who are with the patients all the time. The techs that are coming coming by taking vitals, people that come by taking blood. You have like case managers, social workers, the pharmacists who like help a lot with, you know, medications, make sure we don't mess up, <laughs> mess up stuff. And, uh, I had a friend who, um, was a pharmacist for like one of the teams message or like send an email to one of the doctors on the team. Um, because he was supposed to, there was some tasks he was supposed to complete as a part, like part of like the, the patient care, like a part of the protocol. And so she sends him, a, sends him an email and says like, hello, with an exclamation mark. And says like you know please do X Y Z and also please send you know this to whomever uh, you know thank you and she she's a woman and the doctor that she sent the email to was a man um, and she gets uh her her boss like or her supervisor notifies her and says like hey this doctor said you you like message him and you were just you were being very aggressive at how you came like how you came at him and was telling him to do things rather than like asking and i i just got so like when i heard about that i got got so upset i'm like like we are like we're on a team to like do things and like everyone has responsibilities like i don't 
I feel like there's like this this power dynamic. There is a power dynamic one, and then there's like a gender dynamic too, um, maybe in reverse order. But that that I feel it's all conjecture. We don't know what was in the person's head, but like I feel like someone shouldn't have to ask you to like do your job, you know? Like, and it wasn't like she was curt about anything. She used an exclamation mark at the beginning. She said, please both times, but it's like, it's something you're supposed to do. So just like, just do it. And I feel like had it been a male that was, um, that was, you know, messaging him, it, it may not have been an issue. Um, and then, like I said, there's also the whole dynamic with like doctors having this complex anyway about like not being told what to do. But I, I don't know, it just made me so mad. I don't think you should have to do that. Like you, you shouldn't have to, you know, y'all are, y'all are equals, you know, they, they don't have to like talk to you a certain way it, it just it just really frustrated me because I, I see that a lot in like in my field with doctors and other doctors or doctors and residents or doctors and nurses and this is not cool mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. so you're saying you you feel like the the doctor was basically telling the was it a nurse no 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 it was it was a doctor and a pharmacist and oh the, the, the pharmacist, pharmacist was female yeah yeah, yeah. so she's, so she's you a woman like- yeah. yeah. Okay, ahead. so the doctor was being too sensitive or, or asking for too much. Basically. Yeah, to All say like was, which is him doing his job. Yeah. Like you, you don't yeah. uh, uh it, yes. Yeah. Like she was all she was doing and it was and it was something the the thing that she was asking him to do was something that he helped develop, like a, a protocol that he developed. So mm-hmm. like hey, I've done my part. This is this is the next step in the process. Like right. mm-hmm. please do this, you know. So yeah. yeah, I feel like that's crazy. That's ego. That is all ego. It is, and, and right there. Doc, and I see that like doctors are like that. Just in, in I, I shouldn't say all. I, I shouldn't know. say all doctors, obviously, but. Well, yeah, we know yeah, there's but... exceptions, but in general, like when you have like a prestigious title like that, people do treat you differently. People, you know, regard the medical field and those types of professions like differently. So people do have certain airs about themselves. Um, luckily, my friends in the medical um, well, people that I call friends who are in these types of positions, they aren't like that. But I've come across like quite a few who are just persnickety yeah it's like you're you're a person like yeah okay you went to school for you know whatever for however long like okay like you're good at what you do or you had to go through a lot to get there and you know there's a level of respect but it's a level of respect because you're a person not because you have a title exactly exactly that's ego when you're defined by your titles yeah I, i definitely feel like um Ego is, is one of the biggest components of um, toxic masculinity or a, a toxic personality in general. And, and a lot of and I think that comes from basically people latching on to to titles and latching on to things, you know. So once you start to and that and again, that goes back to the point where um, where Jody Gale said that, you know, that person is wounded. So that person might feel like they don't have anything else but their title so they latch onto that so you you latch onto that type or they latch onto that title you you don't latch onto it the way that they think you should you've offended them now and now they're going to make you pay for it and everybody uh, you know who does something that they feel has offended them is going to pay for it 
And that's why that's how you get in, you know, so many situations where you have whole departments that are that go to shit because there's one person that's the bad apple. And a lot of times that that one bad person could be um, could be the department head or the person leading. Once your leader is bad, then you pretty much just set set the tone for the rest of the department, the company, et cetera. Because I know uh, one of my previous employers, it was just before I got there, that department head, I just heard things were just completely completely crazy like everybody was on edge nobody wanted to be around him and he didn't care about anybody he did whatever he wanted to basically lift himself up and now he's the department he's the uh like i want to say the president of a whole separate region it's like it's crazy you get promoted for for doing bad that's a good more than that 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 may serve them for a while, but I feel like that that type of in, that type of culture and that environment is not sustainable, and they will they will eventually see a lot of turnover related to whomever you you know whomever you're talking about if they are behaving in that manner. Right. Exactly. Well, your story, Taylor, kind of reminded me of a story I have. It's not necessarily toxic masculinity, but it was definitely a toxic situation. So I used to be a pharmacy technician when I was in undergrad, and I um, was working at this um, store in an urban area, um, a pharmacy in an urban area. And then I switched to somewhere kind of like more midtown where it was like more of like a mixed clientele. And months after I left the um, pharmacy in the urban area, I had learned that one of my old coworkers there had been like busted for like stealing, you know, schedule drugs or whatever, like it was like this crazy thing because you know like with um lore tabs or anything that's like scheduled at least for us in that pharmacy we had to count them um to make sure that like no one was stealing them and the counts weren't off whatever and so there's like this huge like controversy over like like thousands being missing well turns out it was one of the employees but she like quit before they found out like who it was or whatever. I don't know whatever happened to that, but yeah, she ended up stealing like a whole bottle of like lure tabs. It was crazy. And but I was already gone. I had been at a um different location. And so um, you know, different stores need different, you know, they have like a set amount of hours. Some teams have enough help, some teams don't. And so it's not uncommon for us to kind of like travel around between stores. Like if we want some extra hours we can pick up, there's always like a store that needs an extra hand. So our store needed an extra hand at the time. And there was a a girl from a different location. She came and she was helping us out. And she had helped us out for like a couple weeks or whatever. Well, she ends up telling my coworker that the reason why I was there was because I was in, and we had to, let me back up. We had to start, we didn't have to count our scheduled narcotics before because we didn't have any problems, but all of a sudden, I don't know, they just implemented like this new rule that we had to start counting our narcotics. So 
And it was around the time where she came. Well, she ended up telling my coworker that the reason why we now had to start counting our narcotics was because of me, because I was the girl who was at the urban location stealing the scheduled narcotics. And luckily, because I actually, I didn't really have a good relationship with my coworker at the time who told me, um, I thought she was super lazy, but that's no here nor there. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but luckily she like, she told me and I will admit I did not handle it very well, but I was super upset because one, why are you, you're new here. This isn't even like your, your store one, two. go here. I'm yeah, sorry. like you didn't go to school here. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, but two, like, why would you like? Are you are you trying to like get me fired? Like, what's the point of like spreading that rumor? And three, like, you have the wrong information. Like, you have the wrong information. And what was it? Just because I'm I'm black and I'm from an urban store? I don't know if race played a part, but sometimes I speculate that it does because I was the only black girl there at the store. It's not a lot of us, and so yeah, I was just like really taken aback. So like when I found that out, I found out her schedule when she would be working next, and I went to the store and I slammed down on the counter and I was like, huh. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um, I went up to the counter, I was standing in line like I was a customer. And when it got to me, I was like, um, we need to talk because you're not what you're not going to do is go around saying that I was the one who stole all those scheduled two narcotics or whatever. Like it was not me. And so like the store manager was like right there and he was like, okay, we need to take this into the office or whatever. And so like we uh, went into the office and like we were talking about it and she was like, oh, I didn't mean any harm. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't mean any harm? You're accusing me of literally a, a whole crime, a whole crime. And I was like, that happened I would, I've been gone from that for months. Like I haven't even been at that store for months. So you don't even know, you don't even have your facts straight. And if you're going to accuse somebody of a crime like that, like, and luckily like the store manager had my back. He was like, yeah, that's a really serious like thing to accuse somebody of. Like she could have lost her job. Like, you know, if we had, you know, taken that seriously or whatever, I was just so like upset. And, you know, she, she was just like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean anything by it. I didn't mean anything by it. I was just like, girl, bye. I can't stand when people like say stuff, like say shady things or like do shady things and then like don't stand behind that, like that word. Like they start backpedaling. Like, what do you mean you didn't mean? Like, what, what did you, what was your intent when you, when what you did said you think that? was going like, to happen? What did you think was going to happen? Exactly. Like, what? Like, yeah. It's, people are not honest is. with themselves, man. <laughs> <laughs> or they just, or it's, it's almost insulting. It's like, do, do you expect me to believe like right. this story here? You know, that's true. So, question, Sabriel. Outside of that situation, do do you feel like uh, there were many more um, quote unquote toxic employees? Oh yeah, um, the girl that I mentioned that was super lazy. Like that was a toxic situation um, because. <clears throat> we all had jobs to do, you know, in the pharmacy to make sure everything was like running smoothly. And, you know, we would rely on people. So like, if we have like, there's certain medications that we leave in the front 
And if a customer doesn't come and pick them up after a certain amount of time, we have to put them back into inventory. And so um, that way it kind of keeps the bins clear. It also like, you know, keeps our inventory like, um, you know, up to date and things like that. So we like rely on each other to like do our parts. That way everything is running smoothly. Well, like we had, um, I my mind is going to Spanish. What is going on? We each had, it's not a chore. It's not a chore. What am I thinking of? It's not a chore. We each had a thing to do. A task. Thank you. Thank you. A task. We each had a task um, to do. And she would, and we had a paper that we had to sign saying that we did it. Well, she would sign it and say she did it, but she didn't. And so, you know, our counts are off with the, with the medication. Like, you know, um, people are saying, would you, I'm assuming that if, if accounts are off, then somebody's getting blamed for things not balancing out. And then it becomes like a, a he say, she say, you know, uh, type of situation. It's more like just kind of like tedious. So it's like, it, it's only a big deal like that when it comes to like the scheduled narcotics. Um, it's not really that big of a deal for like depression medication, for example. Yeah. So, um, it just becomes tedious. So it's like, okay, if the lisinopril, if it says we have 90 in stock, but you know, there's a 30 day sitting in the bin that someone hasn't picked up that we checked off and said that was put back, then we got to figure out how to make the count back at 120 or whatever so it's like going through the bin it just makes things harder and it doesn't have to be that way if you would just do and so like I was the senior pharmacy tech at the time and so I would tell her you know hey like we need to do this and she would be like oh yeah I did it and like check it off or whatever but she wouldn't and so just you know over time you just get annoyed and so and she like it just builds tension and yeah, it just, it was just a toxic situation. And with the pharmacist, the pharmacist thought that I was being like mean to her. And I was like, no, I'm not being mean. I'm just blunt. Like she's not doing her work. She's not doing her job. And it wasn't until I left, which that pharmacist is still my friend to this day. Um, and we, we reminisce about the time she was like, yeah, no, you were right about that girl. She was the, she was that. And I didn't realize it until it was until after I left. I was like, see, I told you, I told you, I told you I do my job. So basically the, the, the lazy girl was somewhat creating a, um, a toxic environment. Like, did you ever dread going into, into work at times? <laughs> It depended on who was there. So if my friend, the pharmacist, was there, even if she was there, like, it was cool because I had my friend who was a pharmacist. Um, but if it was, like, maybe, like, a, a substitute pharmacist that's filling in and her, then, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, i go in and do my job, though. But I was also young and a lot more immature um, than I am now. So age also had a thing to do with it. Cause now I think I would have reacted differently. Now I'm a less attached to these types of situations. Like my previous job, we had a toxic, it was a toxic situation too, because the guy brought politics into everything and me being the only black person, 
um, let alone woman there, there were definitely some toxic energy going on there too, but it didn't bother me. Like, like the, it didn't bother me as much as when I was in college as a pharmacy tech that the girl not doing her job bothered me. Like I was much more bothered then than I was, you know, but, but that's because I had grown. Right. So I, it just, it was just like, okay, yeah, he's annoying, but I don't have to interact with him. I just do my job and go home. So I'm less attached to mm -hmm. those. Yeah, I'm less you've attached been able to, to separate. Like that now. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I, I realized I, it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's them. I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know for me, I definitely, um, I, when you were saying that, if it was a substitute and then it was the other girl, the other lazy girl, you didn't, you didn't want to go, but you would go and do your job. I know the exact feeling. Cause I would be more excited to go to work when there was less people there or when my, most of my team wasn't there. That was the only times I was really like, okay, cool. I can do this. Yeah. It was, it was like, man, I don't, you know, I would be counting my steps. You know, I would get off the elevator and be like, all right, I got like 50 steps and then I'm going to be in there. I hope I hope when I click when I when I pull my badge out I hope when I try to get into the door it doesn't work and the and the power is out or something. How do you? It's either it's either sink or swim and I feel like for a while I was I was sinking but then I was able to get back swimming. So I wanted to ask y'all. Um, so in any of your situations, um, what would you have done differently in terms of handling the toxicity? Handling the personality, what what would you have done? Well, uh, the situation I, I discussed was it wasn't my situation, um, but I think if, for instance, in that situation, if I was the supervisor, I would have a discussion with the person that that's complaining. So, I think this like you know, customers always right type of attitude where like maybe the supervisor knows that like the person who has an issue is like actually the wrong, but they don't want to say anything. Like, I feel like in that, I feel like it's your job, especially if you're like, you have people under you to like protect, protect your direct reports or, you know, whatever they are. Um, and, you know, and to say something, because I think that's how a lot of the, a lot of this culture gets perpetuated is that like someone sees that something's wrong, but the person who's like has the power to speak against it or to like say something, they don't say anything because they, for whatever reason, like maybe it's, you know, motivated. They don't, they feel like they might lose their job or, or they're just uncomfortable with conflict. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of factors that could, that could cause that. But, um, but it's just saying something like if you, if you see something, say something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, uh, bro? Um, I say that I would have handled it differently knowing what I know now. Um, but in hindsight, like if I could go back and change it, like I, I wouldn't. I was like, I don't see the issue. Like, okay. <laughs> I said what I said. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, literally, like, I think just in general, like we have like this obsession with like perfection and righting our wrongs and all of that. Mm -hmm. But like I said earlier, like you can't have progression without regression. Or, you know, you can't have evolution without devolving. Like, there, there's a yin and a yang to it all. So in order for me to have gotten to this point, like, I needed to be that. So yeah. I wouldn't change anything. And it's like, what, like, what would you do? You know, like, 
again, these things get perpetuated because no one says anything. So like some like more mature people might say like, well, you should have like pulled pulled this person to the side and like sometimes people need to see ignorance, you know, or not saying that you were ignorant in that situation, but like sometimes you have to like give people that same energy because that's the only time they listen, you know. Or that they need to see that. Yeah, that's you, true. They, I think a lot of people need to see that you're going to bring it to their front step. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and proceed, proceed with caution, I, but but yeah. sometimes you I, I, that, I, you know? Yeah, I do think that for her, her type of personality, because, you know, there's just like some people are just like sneaky and conniving, like they do things like behind your back and they're just real petty. And she was that type of person to me. So for me, like I felt like I needed to be rah-rah like in your face like this is this is how it is um for her type of personality um and i don't necessarily think it was the best approach like from where i am now but you know i give myself grace sabril at that time did not have the tools that she has now or brill brill at the time excuse me brill at the time did not have the tools that she has now so yeah I, I know for me, looking back, I would have I, I would have acted sooner, um, but I feel like, like you said, you can't you you have to go through certain things to to learn. Um, and for me, I couldn't I couldn't jump all the way out there before knowing all the information. A lot of the times, I just and it was very there was a lot of subtle things that were happening. Um, there it was it was it was a lot of subtle things, and, and we'll get into that in a in a few minutes. Um, when we, you know, talk about what, what tips we can give people. Um, but I, I wanted to, to read, um, you know, something I saw in um, Harvard Business Review. So it says that for managers, and, and I think one of the issues is that a lot of times people, like you have managers and then you have leaders, right? And so mm. I think in this situation, um, the managers are the leaders or they should be the leaders, but um, it, but they're not really built like that. But anyway, um, Harvard Business Review says that managers should do the following when they notice that there's some sort of, um, you know, toxic situation in, you know, that falls within their department or, you know, their group or whatever you may call it. Uh, so one is to dig deeper, um, you know, figure out what's really happening. Why is that person being being toxic? What's causing their behavior? Um, give them fe direct feedback. You know, talk to them, say, hey, I've noticed this, I've done that. Uh, explain the consequences of their behavior. Um, you know, tell them, you know, this thing will happen and this is how it's affecting other people. This is, you're bringing down the house, you're bringing down the department. Um, then it has, accept that some people won't change. I think that's a very important step because people really not going to change that much. They just aren't. Um, and then from there, then that's when you really start taking the managers should start taking the other steps, document everything. Then next isolate the toxic person. And then I, and I feel like this last one more so, um, focuses on not necessarily managers, but the people that have to work with them don't get distracted. So still come to work, still do you still be you don't get distracted by that person's energy. That's easier said than done, but I think that's a very important point. Um, so as we begin to wrap up, I want to know um, 
What are three tips you would give someone about handling toxicity in the workplace? And maybe not just the workplace, any place. Uh, I know for me, mine's going to come from the workplace. Mm, I would say in general, ooh, three. I would say detach emotionally. Um, let go of things that you cannot control. And ooh, let me think of the third one. I mean, y'all can go while I'm thinking. I'm okay. Sorry. We can come back. Think about this. Okay, I can go while y'all are thinking. Um, okay. So, I so these are actually steps that that I used. Um, stay focused on your work. You know, um, keep keep doing what you're doing. That goes back to the don't get distracted part of things. Um, you know, work on your projects. Work on the things that you are that's being placed in front of you because at the end of the day uh if you're with the company and they are you're supposed to be meeting certain metrics or doing certain things working to certain goals you still have to try to meet that no matter what's going on with those other people um so you can you know stay focused on on doing you um set up a meeting meeting with your with your supervisor you know tell them hey i've i've noticed some uneasiness you know when I'm around, there's different things that are said. There's different things that are done. I've noticed that this person is reacting to me in this manner. Um, and if it's multiple people, get the whole, you know, set, set up a meeting with supervisor. Try to set something up with, with the rest of the people on your team. Um, and anybody that, any supervisor that's not willing to do that is, is not a great supervisor to begin with. Um, and then also you can talk with that person on the side and inform them that there's a better way to get, to get their point across. As simple as that, you know, words are, um, words are powerful. So, you know, you don't have to just spout anything out. Uh, someone doesn't have to say the most negative things when they could just say it in a more lightly or calm way. That's my three. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, like trying to think of like how I deal with toxicity. I, I think like in general, my like my first question when I'm dealing with these types of things are like, do I have to deal with the like? Is this something that actually that actually affects me? Like, do I have to interact with this person? Do I have to like? Is this person a factor in my life or not? So like, sometimes I think we get you know distressed or stressed about like things or people that things that are going on that like really doesn't affect you like if if someone says they like like for instance if you like go into like the we have like a lounge or whatever you go in there and like someone's like watching like fox news or something they might they might make you mad because you feel like this person is uh you know supporting political parties that you don't support or, or whatever like you really that's not something i feel like you have to like devote your energy to like just leave you know like just stay in your lane um but for people that you do have to interact with I think you have to kind of decide like how much of an issue it is for you so like you may just have to like directly like talk to this person and i, I think to the, the key to getting through like any uh like conflict is to address it because otherwise you either i mean if you don't address it, it's going to fester and like cause resentment or you know it, it's going to continue to affect you now that, that's just like generally speaking if the person that you're dealing with that's toxic is like your boss it, it obviously is like a different dynamic there in this more difficult to deal with um but in, in that same vein i mean if it's if it's at work and it's your boss i mean you can try to have a converse, conversation with them and like james said if 
if they're not willing to have that conversation or not willing to address it, then like that that may not be somewhere where you want to stay long term. And so then you may need to like start looking at other options. But in the meantime, still doing your job because even though they might be creating that work environment for you, if you like start slacking on your job, that's something that they still can like document against you and saying like, well, you didn't do your job and it's their word against yours. So still you do your job, but still like be working on your exit to somewhere that's that cultivates a, a better work environment. Yeah, I guess my third one would kind of piggyback off of what you guys have said about being direct. I do think communication is is key, um, talking to them about it. And if and if it's like a boss or something like that, then see if there's somebody else, like maybe his supervisor or somebody else kind of reminds me of a situation that I had where my boss would not let me have, uh, would not let me off even though I had been robbed like my house had been broken into like he didn't want me to like he wanted me to use a vacation day for that because I had to take off and so like I went around him and went to human resources and they were like no we're gonna give you like a free day and it was like thank you for being understanding and you know if there's somebody else that you can like talk to then utilize those resources as well but definitely be direct but use common sense as well nice nice well that will uh wrap up our conversation on um toxic personalities and toxic masculinity um we really hope that you're able to um have some great takeaways on this if you're affected by any of these either of these situations um definitely try to apply the tips that we just gave um, use the, the situations that we talked about and, and, and get some motivation from that. Um, everybody goes through things in their life at work, you know, no matter what field you're in, uh, you can apply what we've discussed today to that. Um, so we thank you for tuning in. Um, looking forward to seeing you on some, on another episode. Um, you can catch us at full underscore steam underscore ahead on instagram um and you can catch me on instagram as j l i n z underscore e n t and also king underscore santiago 25 um and taylor and brill i'll let you go on ahead and give yours uh yeah you can catch me on instagram ross cold for r-o-s-c-o-l-d the number four you just ignore you just ignore me don't don't even mention me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think you should just cut it <laughs> just <laughs> you can catch me on full steam ahead podcast thanks for tuning in have a great one